You are listening to the Fresh Approach Weight Loss Surgery Podcast with me, your coach, Mary Clark, 17-year bariatric surgery educator and advocate, and for the last seven years, a weight loss surgery patient. Here, we focus on the bariatric surgery guidelines in a fresh way, creating successful and peaceful weight loss surgery journeys. Stop trying to fit your life into weight loss surgery. It's the other way around. Weight loss surgery is a part of your life. So whether you're just getting ready for surgery or had it six months or six years ago, it's never too early or too late to live your healthiest and happiest life with weight loss surgery. If you're listening to this message in real time, it was just a couple weeks ago that we lost Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain to suicide. And... In the week following, so in the last week for me, I have had two very close friends, not acquaintances, not people I know who, because they posted something on Facebook, two very close friends also lose family members. They each lost a family member to suicide. And while I want to remind you that I am not a medical or mental health care professional, I am a weight loss surgery patient for seven years, and I've worked in the field for 17 years in so many roles, but really as a patient educator and advocate, I want to talk today about what I've gotten really more comfortable saying Um as I talk about the importance of the, you know, the seven fundamental bariatric surgery guidelines, what I've gotten more comfortable saying that mental health is the most important bariatric surgery guideline. And even when I write that, because sometimes I'll have people contact me and say, Mary, do you only work with weight loss surgery patients? And of course the answer is no, I work with everybody. Um, mental health it's the most important guideline in your life, whether you've had weight loss surgery or not. Your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being is, is the most critical part of your health because without having that, without being strong in those areas, it makes it virtually impossible to take care of everything else. That is a belief I have. And so much so, um, particularly as I work in the weight loss surgery community. So what I want to talk about today is to tell you a little bit about one of the roles I had um, at, at one point in my bariatric surgery career when I was responsible for reviewing the histories and physicals of patients who had come to meet with our surgeon. They wanted to have surgery and I would look over their charts, which included their psychological evaluations. And I remember because it, it came so quickly. It wasn't like something I noticed over a period of months or years. In fact, I don't even do, think I was doing this particular role for very long. I think I was filling in for somebody. I can't remember exactly. But anyway, I'm looking over these reports and it struck me the amount, the incredible amount of patients they had, had surgery and I'm looking at their psychological evaluations who had been through extreme traumatic events in their lives, sexual abuse, um, molestations as children, rape, horrific car accidents, um, horrible, just unspeakable family situations and ordeals that they had gone through, victims of violent crime, 
um, horrible divorces where they were, you know, spending years in court fighting over custody. Just really traumatic things had gone on. And I think it was, I don't know, I don't know how, I think I've been doing this not very long. I'm thinking it was only a couple months probably when I was just so struck by this. And I recall saying to a bariatric nurse that was working um, at uh, an insurance company that we were working with, and I mentioned this to her, and I really think that, I think a lot of our patients had this particular insurance. And I said, wow, you know, it seems like 60% or more around that, 60 to 70% have gone through something traumatic, a lot of sexual abuse, um, sexual trauma. And other really, really traumatic things. And she said, oh, Mary, it's so much higher than that. And what I want to say about this is this. In the 17 years that I've worked so closely with patients in different roles that I've had, and over the last, what is it, four or five years now, um, well, seven years that I've been mentoring and then now coaching weight loss surgery patients, there really is such a large amount of people I've, I've talked with and my clients who've had significant traumatic events in their lives. And remember, as a life coach, I, I do not go back and help you work through those things. That is not my role as a life coach. That is left to a mental health care professional. Um, I can work alongside you when you are are working with a mental health care professional, but I cannot take that over. I am not equipped to do that. Um, so it's either when you are when I'm working in tandem with someone or when you have worked through those things. I'm just letting you know with a mental health care professional. Um, there's so much when I when I talk to my clients and those I mentor about owning their obesity stories and what really led to the point of you developing morbid obesity and we get much deeper than just the well you know I was just really wasn't making time for exercise and I wasn't eating right and if you're in the fresh approach weight loss surgery Facebook group um, I've got a video one of the videos that I direct you to when you first join the group where I think I recorded it maybe a couple of years ago I'm walking down the street and I'm talking about this and I own my story and the difference in what I had always told myself and told others were the reasons for me developing morbid obesity. And once I really, really got down to the heart of it, what, where that came from. And um, you're welcome to join the group and watch that video. I'll put a link in that in show notes. Um, what I'm talking about today is that yes, before we have surgery, we have a psychological evaluation. And yes, in many cases, patients are encouraged to continue in therapy or get uh, mental health treatment. But I think when, sometimes when I think a patient presents themselves as doing well now, I think a lot of that, and this is what I've heard from people. So again, remember, I'm not a mental health care professional. This is in my experience in talking with hundreds of patients that sometimes that is glossed over a little bit because they are so excited about what's coming and having surgery and finally being able to embrace a quote unquote normal life, um, normal health, less medication, less medical issues, um, shop in normal stores, cross your legs, fit on an airplane that sometimes 
I think when patients are asked if they're going to be able to handle everything that's coming and that they've got no, again, not, not cycling uh, language, I'm thinking like, you know, baggage that's going to um, detour them from that, that of course they answer, you answer, we answer, no, I'm going to be fine, of course. It's that same thing along the lines of, oh, are you sure you're going to be able to embrace all these healthy lifestyle changes? Of course we say yes. What are we going to do? Say no. Of course, we're not going to say no. We want the surgery. So I think whatever patients are asked about, we say yes. Yes, I've got all my old baggage under control. No, there's nothing that's going to get in the way. Yes, I have a great support system at home. Um, Yes, I'm going to be able to handle all the lifestyle changes. But I mean, really, in the end, who are we kidding? We're just so excited. We don't want to be turned away from having this surgery. And then... What happens is I see it first, and in my in my experience, I've seen it first. Um, initially, the um, I call them sort of like old troubles, sort of creep back in um, when patients have lost all that initial weight, when the compliments stop, when it's not exciting. Yeah, so you're not shopping in Lane Bryant anymore. You haven't shopped in Lane Bryant in a year. Okay, it's not that exciting anymore. Um, you go to see your doctor and your lab results come out normal. Well, yeah, but they've been normal for the last six months. He's not high-fiving you anymore. Um, there aren't that many significant changes to distract you from old troubles or other problems that you have going on. And so even though one may still be enjoying that, you know, they hit goal weight or maybe only 20, 15, 20 pounds away from goal weight or whatever it is, but they feel really good about themselves still, a little of it starts to creep back in because there's not that distraction of um, even the busyness that happens that first year of trying to get used to what can I eat? What doesn't work well with me? What's not agreeing with me? What kind of exercise do I like? There's just so much other self-discovery going on that I think sometimes the other stuff just gets sort of like swept away or swept under the rug for a little bit. But then it comes back, right? Because those big uh, firsts, um, there aren't firsts anymore and they're not that exciting anymore. The other point where I see this coming back is when people start to regain weight, which is usually about the two-year mark. So two to three years into the four years when it's sitting on and they realize they can't get that 20, 30, usually 40 pounds off. Um, those old troubles, those those things that have not been dealt with with a mental health care professional really start to come back. In fact, so much so that they're almost like spotlighted. And, you know, when people start to go back, they say, oh, I've fallen back into my old habits. Do you know where I think that comes from? You've fallen back into old habits because they were never dealt with. It's not the habit itself. It's the thought that led to the habit. The And what was that thought about? Something that happened to you as a child, something that happened to you in your first marriage, something that happened to you um, when you were sexually harassed at work in your 20s. It's those thoughts that lead to feelings, that lead to actions or inactions, right? I, I mean, I teach that in my, in my classes, my programs with my clients. Where do you find yourself um, binging on crackers or cookies? Or when do you find yourself skipping exercise? Well, 
I was having these thoughts about something. And where do those thoughts come from? Where I was having these feelings. And where do those feelings come, come from? Well, I was, you know, a song reminded me of that job that I had in the 90s and how, um, and for me, this would be personal experience. That, that's probably what's coming to me as a story. Um, when I was sexually harassed by my boss for a significant amount of time and it just all came flooding back. And, and those things then, as you, you know, you've heard the word trigger, then trigger emotions that trigger, um, you know, um, uh, physical sensations and then thoughts. And then before we know it, we're eating pizza. And then before we know it, we are skipping the gym. And before we know it, I can't even remember the last time I took vitamins. And before you know it, you are switching out sweetened iced tea and not drinking water anymore. Do you see how this happens? People talk about it in terms of those bad habits came creeping back in, but it's what led to that. It's not just a bad habit. What's going on? It's backing that up and digging deeper to find out what's going on. Well, my main point of talking about this today is that if this in any way sounds like you, if there are things that have come creeping back in, back in, that things that you thought were swept under the rug have come back and they're popping into your memory, things that are very unsettling for you, for you from your past and they keep coming up, please call your doctor, please call your bariatric surgeon, please reach out and get the mental health care help to deal with this so that you can work through however it needs to be worked through. So on, on, on the, on the less extreme side of things so that you don't find yourself snacking on crackers when you don't intend to. And on the more extreme side, so that you don't find yourself in a position where you don't think there's anywhere to turn. Because what I really want for you is to live your very, very best life with weight loss surgery. And if you've got just some old troubles and, and significant trauma and things from your past that are just so unsettling that you can't even see how to take care of yourself, to see how to, um, to, to be consistent with your protein every day, to see how you could possibly be consistent with an exercise plan. I mean, how are we supposed to ask people to do this when they can barely sleep at night because of the trauma they've experienced as a child or the memories that they play in their minds of um, an abusive ex-husband. How do we expect people to get their eight hours of sleep and, you know, practice self-care on Sundays? And um, I mean, this is all stuff that's important that I believe in, right? All the other fundamental bariatric surgery guidelines. But if, if, if you can't deal with the emotional, mental, and spiritual health, if that isn't intact, then how can we even ask you to do the rest? And when I think about how bad some people, when I first talk to them, how bad they feel about regaining the weight, they're not showing up at their doctor's office for their annual um, bariatric surgery checkup because they're so embarrassed about that 25, 35, 40 pounds they've put on because they haven't been to support group in two years and whatever all the other reasons are. And so then they don't show up for their bariatric surgeon to say, you know, there's a problem here. Um, I think sometimes they feel like they're letting their surgeon down 
or let the staff down. I've actually had patients say that. So again, what I'm asking you today is if things have been coming up for you, or if you are in that position, you're saying to yourself, I really can't figure out why this isn't working. Talk to your doctor, talk to your bariatric surgeon, have a conversation, let them be that person to help you understand maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe you need some therapy to spend some time with a psychologist, a therapist, um, so that you can work through this stuff. So that, again, I'm saying so that you can live your healthiest, happiest, happiest life with weight loss surgery and do all those other things that we're supposed to do, but it begins with your mental health. Um, that is my plea for you today. And if you see any other, you know, weight loss surgery patients in Facebook groups or your support group or wherever else you gather um, in the weight loss surgery community, would you also encourage people, specifically when you hear them saying, oh, those old habits, remember a habit just doesn't, it's not this thing, this outside thing, it's an internal thing. And something is causing that to happen. Something's causing that to happen. And again, um, because I do have people reach out to me, this is not where I work with people who've got these deep issues that have to be worked through. That's a professional. I come in when those things have been worked through or where you're already in the process of working through them. And then we work on going from here forward. I don't, I don't work backwards, but I've seen plenty of the what's happened in the past that's could be leading to what's happening now. And of course, I always encourage my clients and the people I mentor get the mental health care help you need. All right. That is my message for today. And it's such an important one. And again, even if you haven't had weight loss surgery and you're thinking about your other friends and family, and I'm thinking specifically about um, my two friends who lost family members to suicide in the last week. Um, deep, deep pain and maybe things that people didn't notice or didn't know how to approach it. So I also encourage you to please let's practice loving one another and paying attention to one another and being kind and being compassionate. And remember, the compassion begins with yourself. You can't give any compassion to another that you're not giving to yourself first. It's impossible. I've learned that from Brene Brown. Put your oxygen mask on first and then um, go out and just be a light in the world wherever you can be. All right. Um, Peace to you. Love, light, and grace to you.